On this episode, we're doing another deep dive into the Enneagram. You're listening to the Dudes and Dads Podcast, a show dedicated to helping men be better dudes and dads by building community through meaningful conversation and storytelling. And now, here are your hosts, Joel DeMont and Andy Lehman. Oh, Joel. Oh, Andrew. Oh, man. It's good to be back in studio with you. Yeah, man. We're uh, we're doing these. I'm uh, having mic problems your mic, your mic's a little, a little here, there, and every, little here, there, and everywhere. <laughs> Um, we'll leave it at that. Hi. Uh, yeah. Hey, guys, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Dudes and Dads podcast. Glad to have each and every one of you with us as always. And uh, this episode, this evening that we're recording, we've been, uh, we've been, uh, which we will do for this season and, and possibly into the next, uh, diving back and forward into our Enneagram conversation because every once in a while we find uh, the perfect guest that really shall we say, uh, fully exhibits all of the wonderful characteristics that are found in each of those Enneagram types. And friends, if you haven't uh, already done so, uh, we really introduced the Enneagram conversation on this season, just a few episodes with our good friend, Megan Sponseller, who uh, we uh, sat down and had an interview with her as she released her Enneagram handbook uh, that she published uh, last year. And uh, that's can we get it for those of you that are listening? You can't see, but the, we're, the, for the, the video I'm showing, I'm, I don't know how to show this on the camera correctly because everything's go. backwards. Okay. There we, there we go. You just have to mirror. <laughs> just, it's, it's a, a mirror. It's a mirror. Um, but um, Megan wrote this really, really helpful handbook. And so we had her on, we talked and kind of did a, uh, a larger conversation around what the Enneagram is, where it comes from, why it's helpful, all that stuff. And then we uh, really think it's going to be a fun thing to do as uh, we find other folks who we're just going to go fit the number, fit the numbers, who embody the numbers, who uh, who know how to talk about their number in a way that is, uh, well, we'll just call it interesting, riveting, inform informational, transformational. All the all, all the, the Asianals. All the Asianals. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> Whatever right. the Asianal is. Yeah. But. So uh, just uh, so again, I would encourage you to check out a few episodes back. Uh, check out the interview with Megan. And uh, but just uh, as a, a general review, when we're talking about the Enneagram, we are talking about uh, you can call it a personality type assessment. Um, a, a, it's a tool. It's a I'd tool. It's a, it's a tool. Joel. It's a tool. That's good. And uh, there are uh, nine different types, one through nine, uh, that exhibit uh, certain uh, kind of key, uh, key behaviors. But here's the bigger thing beyond behaviors. What I like about the Enneagram as a tool uh, is that it speaks to the internal motivations of a person, not just their external behaviors, which sometimes can be hard to interpret. Uh, why people do the things that they do, like as we observe it outside, it's, sometimes it's hard it's hard to know. Yeah. My wife is constantly asking me why I'm doing the things that I'm doing. And I don't always have a good, I don't always have a good reason. And then I'm constantly asking my own children, like, why are uh, they doing what they're doing? Why are you <laughs> doing that? And they don't, they don't know. So behaviors are sometimes it can be a little bit misleading, but when we talk about yes. internal motivations, this, yeah, the stuff the, of people. And we found that the Enneagram is a great tool for that and kind of able to help us better and deepen our relationships because it, yeah, it just helps us kind of talk about that and understand right. why we do what we do. And so it's what we do and then it's what we what we do with others, how we interact with other people too. So it's helpful in uh, discussing uh, the dynamics of relationships and that's 
marital relationships, that's other family relationships, friendships, uh, work relationships, which we'll, we'll, our guest uh, this evening, we'll, we'll dive into eventually the work relationship thing. That could be, that could be spicy. Yeah. Some hot takes. So I think first, Joel, we definitely want to kind of just touch on. So tonight we're going to be talking about the Enneagram type number one. And we want to kind of go over a little bit what that is, what that looks like. And then we'll bring our guests in to kind of talk about how he experiences his oneness. Uh, and how I experience his <laughs> oneness. But first, I do want to remind you guys that we are streaming live on Facebook tonight. And if you would like to put a comment in, we can bring it right on the show and talk yeah. about your comment. Yeah, so. what could be better than a Sunday evening? We're recording on a Sunday evening. A Sunday evening uh, a multimedia jam fest over here. Absolutely. So, so chat with us if you are on watching and we'd love to get your comment on with us. Mm, we would. We would. Well, hey, Andy, we've gone to uh, we we what we don't want to forget is our lovely, lovely sponsors. Uh, so first, we want to say uh, thank you to our friends at Everance. Uh, support comes from Everance Financial, helping individuals and organizations combine faith and finances through retirement planning, banking. Did I say baking? You said baking. Banking. B- banking. There we go. <laughs> banking and other financial services more at efference.com slash Michiana securities offered through concourse financial group securities incorporated member FINRA SIPC and sponsorship for this episode is also coming from patrons like you. If you've received any value from this podcast, please consider a- joining any value, any What's value over? at all. What's please over? consider joining our other fine patrons and helps us cover our costs patreon.com slash dudes and dads podcast that's p-a-t-r-e-n-r-e p-a-t-r-e-o-n there Bank, banking and baking yeah and dot com whatever slash dudes and dads podcast <laughs> you think we've never done this before nailed it it's and the thing is it's written down andy i don't know i, I, I don't know what well, yeah. we're we're it's okay it's gonna it's all uphill from here uh hey without further ado though we do want to welcome uh our guest our friend uh new friend of the show tyler Gehrig. hello tyler hey how's it going oh doing good peachy good. peachy great um, we're talking about type one. Today, yeah. So way. Tyler, 100%. Tyler is a type one. Uh, he's one of these, these, the one number one, which he reminds us of uh, frequently. Uh, the reason I know Tyler is Tyler is, uh, our middle school pastor at Walker missionary church where I oh, also yes. pastor. Hey, hundred percent. The middle schoolers, Andy, Andy knows the thing too about, uh, working in the middle school. I did used to do some middle school work here. You did. So, I mean, as a, I almost said a support person, <laughs> which is true. I was not a paid pastoral staff. I was you just should have, a volunteer. You should have been. That's, some, that's my fault, Andy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so, uh, Tyler, yes. Welcome again. Tyler, uh, we, we've had lots of conversations, actually, about yes. uh, Enneagram stuff. So, Tyler, let's just start with the, uh, the dude stats uh, this evening. Tell us again uh, who in the heck you are, where you come from. You can tell us about your family, uh, your uh, illustrious uh, educational background, all the things we want to know, and go. Sure. Yeah, I grew up in Woodburn, Indiana, just outside Fort Wayne, mm. living in Elkhart right now. Good mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Went to uh, Bethel College to get my degree, so... In Christian ministry. In Christian ministry. He got a real... He Not youth ministry. Thank you. I which, got a real degree. That's right. In now. Christian ministry. Shots fired. People. I, our listenership just took a dive. I was, no, that's fine. I was looking to the future. That's right. Good for you. Well, trying to be a well-rounded minister. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you've got family. Yep. Who are those people? 
no wife, no kids, but I got a ma, a pa, and a stepfather, some siblings. Mm-hmm. Yep. All good times. Oldest of all of them. You are the oldest, which is good for a, for a, a type one. Cause yeah, 100%. he's got things that he, I don't think I've ever met a type one who's not oldest or only. Ooh, Ooh that's interesting. Yeah. That's, that's an interest that, so there's a birth order component. We, I'm sure they're out there, but never yeah. met them. And so if you are, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. If you're Absolutely. a type, if you're a type one and, and like the third child. Break the stereotype. Yeah, let's. I'd, we'd love to hear from you. I don't know if it's possible to be type one and youngest child. That yeah, might, <laughs> probably not. No, I don't think so. No, 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 no. you're going to be. That's interesting. It, yeah, what are the youngest children? We have so many questions. We so many questions to answer, Tyler. So here's here's the deal. Uh, you obviously got connected with, I mean, cause we've had extensive conversations around like Enneagram stuff sure. and what, like what got you into it to begin with? I mean, it started making the rounds at Bethel about my sophomore, junior year. So we were kind of getting into it, you know, taking the free online test and yes, sure. figured out. And I just kept bouncing around. I was a two at one point, then an eight. And then like, someone's like, you might be a one. And I said, my room is too messy for that. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> But yeah, no, just got into it pretty extensively later in my college career. Just really mm-hmm. trying to. Joel, do we want to touch a little bit quickly on what one yeah. kind of incorporates first, and then we can. Hundred percent. I think that that'll help for our listeners to be able to hear kind of what one is and what kind of. Yes, 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 yes. So, and again, uh, just as big shout out to Megan and her uh, her book here because I'm actually using just directly like a quick a quick summary of the type one. So. Ones are with the Enneagram are frequently re- referred to as the reformers so being a reformer. So they're, they're clean and tidy. That's why Tyler makes a joke about, uh, room. about door, but what dorm room is put is well put together. I'll tell you, uh, they are very, they're innovative people, ethical and balanced. Um, so really, really concerned uh, with like doing the right thing. Like that's really, really important. Uh, as with, with us too, it's like whatever feels good. We're not even concerned about that's a joke. Uh, so their ethical and balance tend to be very organized, detail oriented, professional. Uh, they do have a, a perfectionist side, which which Tyler will tell us uh, is that's that's his struggle right there. Like it's the worst title, perfectionist. It's perfectionist. <laughs> yeah. You don't. So he's going to get some pushback on it. I like it, um, but they're they're busy and hardworking. Um, the basic desire of a type one is to be balanced, good, and ethically moral. Um, and then their basic fear is <laughs> on the flip side, being bad, <laughs> being evil or being wrong. hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> All right. right. Tyler, right. Tyler tells me so many times. He's like, I, I'm concerned that I might being be, I, am I evil today? Cause if I am, I need to, I need to get oh, yeah. it. I need to get it in check. I need to, I need Constantly to take care of worried it. about my evilness. <laughs> Still worried about the evil. Um, so that's kind of the, you kind of get the sense, right? Yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're driven people. They're focused people. They're organized people. Um, you got a lot of type ones, like what kind of jobs do type ones do Tyler? Like what, what, uh, where do they, where do they, where do we see them in the marketplace? I mean, they're going to be probably, they're probably going to be more of your people that are like in the books, like doing stuff. Cause they're like, there's this way to do it. Your, yeah. your accounts. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to yeah. see a lot of those because there's math. Math is always like, there's, there's no right or wrong. There's only a right way to do math. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. You're going to see a lot of those people. Mm-hmm. They're actually like, you might see them in humanity stuff because caring about being right and for the right thing to happen. Not so much like an eight where it's about justice and injustice, but like, 
Foxborough one, they are, they really care heavily about the right or wrong. So. Like proper instruction. Right. 100%. Like that you know the right thing and you know what the wrong thing 100%. is. 100%. So, makes sense. Joel, it is, so I was, like I was explaining before our show, so I was listening to a podcast earlier today about the ones, and I am a two wing one, and I was like, oh, like, it's yeah. interesting, because I thought the same thing when you said, you know, I'm not a, you know, a one, because my room is messy, like, yeah. I'm messy, but that stuff very bothers me. Like I wouldn't say, I mean, I'm, I'm a, obviously wing one, so I'm not straight up to one, but it, it was interesting. Cause I was like, well, man, when things are out of order there, yeah. it's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's interesting. There's a disturbance in the force right. with you. Yeah. Mm, that yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. So, um, obviously there's, um, there's some, the general descriptions about how we've obviously how we've laid out the laid out the ones for you personally, like if you were to personally describe yourself in light of your Enneagram number in light of, in light of one, like what, what do you tell people? What, what kind of things do you, uh, you tend to highlight with your own personality? I can be very critical, mm. which is like a good and bad thing. Mm. Oh, always, sure. Always yeah. comes across as a bad thing though. Like when you say, yeah, I can be a pretty critical person, but more so like I see a lot through like the veil and I can see a lot of like the good and the bad, right and wrong of what's going on. And I think like, personally, I'm able to pinpoint like, Hey, this could be better here. And that like, what part of the oneness is really like where the critic can thrive. Let's, but, let's talk about that a little yeah. bit. Tell me what that looks like for you. Like if you, if you're in a situation where, you know, you see a right or wrong, like, does that something you stand up for? Or does that like really sure. just bother you? Or how does that, how does that work out for you? Well, it's working with middle schoolers, I get to practice <laughs> it a lot. It's, it's fantastic. Sure. You know, just like stop throwing stuff at each other like it's, <laughs> sometimes it's as simple as that but right. like really like especially working with middle schoolers like spiritually where they're learning a lot of this sure. stuff and they're like seeking these answers i get to step in a lot and really like point out like hey like this you know gossiping you know it's a big thing culturally but like you know let's let's talk about how that is like a sin and affects like our lives and our friendships mm -hmm. and all that stuff so being able to see through those like those negative concepts mm -hmm. It, it can come across like I'm only thinking about the bad things, but it's really because I'm trying to get to the sure. things. Yeah. yeah. The way, like I, what a thing I appreciate about Tyler is like, there is a, I'm like, wow, he's really direct. He's like really direct with that thing that he was, especially to, especially the middle schoolers. But as, as we all know, uh, having like you and I having middle schoolers are ourselves, uh, yeah. sometimes direct is just Some, simply, sometimes that's what you have to do. Just the best way, because right. if you if you try to like if you try to kind of like uh, you know dance around it with a middle with a middle schooler, you can't. You no. just it's like there's not their ability to be um, indirect is not is not good. You have to be like really concrete in a, in a, in a really particular way. So that can be a sure. really yeah, it can be a really really helpful thing. Okay, okay before we move on, I want to remind people if you're on live with us, feel free to make a comment in the comment section and we can if you have a question for tyler or joel Ooh, or i yeah we can go ahead and answer that right away again guys andy just keeps up in the game technology so, yeah. wise here we're getting very interactive and i love it so go ahead and put a comment in and we can bring it on beautiful beautiful um okay so there's uh, okay so in light of your in light of your directness your general personality like what if like have people push like if people push back with you and been like like you, I've made people cry. Yeah, like, okay. Yeah, yes, hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And like, just get called out by. I've been a few times called out by people like, "Hey, that was really mean." So, what happens to you personally when when that happens? Do you, like, do you take that well? 
or does that really affect who you are for a while? Well, depending on who it's from, but yeah, usually that like that hurts because, sure. because it's like, no, I saw something that needed corrected. And yet like, because there's that sense of like, I don't want to be the mean person. I'm just like, I think I'm being the well, nice person. And to you, that's you're, you know, you're calling out the wrong thing right, and yeah. someone else calls you out on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can see that. And I'll, and that'll sit with me. Oh, I'm I sure. Well, hundred percent. I mean, what's, uh, and what's worse than, than you being made. Uh, and again, not that even it's the, even the other person's intention to do this, but what is worse than you being made to feel bad about doing something that you thought was ethical and, and right. Like you, you know, taking right. that step and being like leaning into that. And then the pushback is, is like, that was actually, that was, that was hurtful yeah. and just, and just terrible. So thing is like 99% of the time I've already thought that like myself about mm-hmm. what it, like today I told a student that she was being entitled. And <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was like, stop it. You're being entitled right now. And then like in hindsight, I was like, that was maybe a little much. I've received zero emails so far, so that's fine. She uh, stopped. So <laughs> she stopped. Game, game, game on. Yeah. Game, game on. Yeah. Um, do you think, uh, like, as you were kind of in your own journey with this, and as like growing, as you're getting older and having more experience, thinking through Enneagram stuff, were there things that like surprised you about yourself? Like mm-hmm. when you cut, like there was like aha moments or things that clicked for you in a way that maybe hadn't previ- like hadn't previously. Yeah. So like I said, like the title of perfectionist, like I don't, I don't care for it. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not, I think a good reflection. I think the reformer is a much better sure. reflection of what an Enneagram type one is because yeah, like I've always not been like the cleanest person and yet like, it's like, I'm wearing black on black right now and it <laughs> bugs me that like my blacks don't match. Like that's the kind that's, of, that's a perfectionist thing. I mean, that's <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. But like, I, I've got my messy room, but like the thing is like, I know where everything is in that room sure. mm-hmm. and like perfection is like, perfection is a standard that like, I didn't quite understand when I first thought about the Enneagram and in, in relevance to that. And it's a sense, not so much of that, everything is in the exact place that like there's the standard that it's supposed to be there, sure. but as it, as in it's in the right place that it's supposed to be in. And since that's my space, it's in my right space that mm-hmm. it gets to be in. And so there's this sense of like, when I was learning about the Enneagram, I pushed back against the one because I saw the messiness in my life. And oh, I was like, there's no. no way I can be that. Gotcha. Because I've got messiness. And sure. yet like it's, it, it was really when, I heard that the Enneagram one really struggles with having an inner critic in their head that's constantly speaking to them. Mm. And I remember like listening to another podcast where they were like, yeah, you don't, you don't hear that voice in your head that's, that's criticizing you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, wait a minute. Like, yeah. this is, this is a me thing. Like that's really where I, because st- I'm constantly not just like criticizing things around me, but within me at the yeah. same time. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And just. And that's, and I think that's a helpful thing for any of you that are listening that kind of like are thinking me like, oh, I kind of identify with that, those personality trends, like the, the inner critic voice in unhealth. Yeah. So in unhealth, which that was the thing that I was going to meant I was, I was going to mention because within the Enneagram, we're always talking about directions like, that you're going in health and then, right. And then in unhealth. And so as I was looking, I was like, what is the, like, or they say in health or unhealth or like in stress. 
So the, let me see, what does it have the... One is F4 in stress. In stress. So become the individualist. Seven in health. That's correct. Yeah. You, so in, you become the enthusiast, yeah. which I can, I, which totally makes sense. Which to kind me. of, I mean, the whole, the whole like in health and in, in stress kind of gets confusing because if you're really a one, how can you go to seven in health and four in, in health? So right. can you, I mean, can you speak to that? I mean, I, that may be questions that our listeners have. Yeah. Is, you know, in, how does that work? As far as like in health and well, what and I was gonna what I was gonna do like so yes yeah, so in general there there's the there's the the diagram that we have here oh check that out whenever we can which we you know we can we can find this diagram here and post it on the show notes which uh, would be helpful you you'll see kind of a diagram where it it redirects the numbers and says okay you're gonna go to more this personality type the other as it's relating to the other personality types within the enneagram yes. spectrum. In in health, you're gonna you're gonna you'll ex, you'll exhibit behaviors from this other type under stress or long-standing so, unhealth. So it's not really health and unhealth. It's more of health and stress because like whereas I, in this case, a one would be your resting number, like who you are naturally, right. where you're not trying yeah. to right. work on yourself, but you're not also stressed. Yeah, so. Megan used Megan. It's interesting. Megan used in stress and in growth as the mm, uh, that's an interesting yeah, it's the dynamic there, which I think could be that's probably some yeah. healthy language. So, uh, Tyler, for you, what is a what is when you are feeling your foreignness come out under like under those stressful things? What like what is what, that meant? Yeah, what's for that look like? What is that meant for you? Oh, like I just I start to tone everyone out and like the the way i think about it for one it's real simple like going towards the four the individualist it's more about sinking into yourself and when you go towards the seven the enthusiast it's about what's happening around you Mm. and it's kind of this inside like Mm. breathing effect that you go through so when i go to the four it's more like inside my head more like the the critical voice like ramps up but also like i think deeper about like the things that are that are stressing me out. I, I process them a lot more because there's that critical voice really bouncing around and they're saying, Hey, something's up now. But when yeah. I go towards that seven, it's like, I don't have to worry about the stresses of life. And I just get to in, like around the office. If I'm in stress, you won't see me, but if I'm in oh, okay. health, you'll see me so much just talking to people and all around. Yeah. Which is a, which is a thing that I think so for those of you that like I haven't said this overtly so Tyler uh, Tyler is one of my staff members at Walker Missionary Church so like I have the pleasure of like being his immediate supervisor and I always am like to that exact point I know that when I see Tyler like stepping into offices which is our culture that's our culture of the church which is why what I really love like very open door policy like we're we're in each other's offices all day long talking about this that and the other if I see Tyler doing that, I know that things are probably going pretty well. If I, if I were to all of a sudden not see Tyler engaging with the rest of our team, I'd be like, mm, maybe something is, yeah, wrong. something is up, like yeah. something is up. Right. Um, and that's, and that's not even less like an introvert extrovert sort of thing. That's like a, that's just a, like a relational, like overall relational health sort of thing with within the personality type, just to mm-hmm. you kind of keep your rate, your keep your radar up. So, sure, yeah. So yeah, when okay, so when you feel your, when you feel your individualist uh, stuff kind of coming on, what's like a correct like? What have you found is is helpful on the corrective side, like to kind of get back to the the healthier side of things? Like to be honest, I like having someone I can trust to be able to talk with 
and that like part of a big thing about the like hurt of a of a one is being criticized so having that person that i know i can go to and essentially vent and like know that like they're hearing me out and it's about like where i am what i'm struggling through and they're not like trying to correct me for being either upset about it or struggling with it they just hear me out about it. Sure. So do you find that you seek out somebody who may, maybe not is another number one, but somebody who understands I never, one. I, I yeah, probably yeah. wouldn't go yeah, for one. Not another one, but <laughs> yeah. somebody who understands what your, like what your Enneagram number is and what it's like. So that sure. way, you know, they can kind of see, okay, I'm in health. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine. You'd seek like someone I've, out. Yeah. I've got a, a lot of good friends that are sevens. And so like them, there are some times where it's a little much, they kind of try to ignore (laughs) what i'm going through but sometimes they are really good about pulling me out of the funk of that foreign oh sure yeah like i'd gravitate towards that because it's like no like they're going to really they know what it's like to be the unhealthy side of a one because that's where sevens go towards an unhealth Mm. and so they're able to step in and say hey like they'll literally use the language of like hey your critic is like really your your critic is showing so (laughs) interesting yeah. yeah yeah So, yeah. Do you, I think about, um, as we've mentioned it, the kind of the workplace dynamic with, yeah. with having a one around what, what do you think, a, what do you think a one brings? Cause you've sort of touched on it, but yeah. like in a workplace scenario, what do you think a one brings to the table, um, within, within a team and an organization? Yeah. If a one has joined your organization, they've probably like done research about it mm-hmm. and they're probably aware of what's going on. And if they see that, like, the organization functions as it says it should, then they will be all on board, completely loyal to it. But when it starts to deviate or they have coworkers that aren't doing what they're supposed to do, then they're going to really have a problem with that. But you won't, I don't think you'll find anyone who's probably more loyal to a cause yeah. of an organization than yeah. a one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in terms of uh, someone, which, and this might be the case where one is like, is the person is the lead is the leader in the organization. Mm-hmm. There will be, I think, and tell me what you think about this. I think just a heavy focus toward, toward mission yeah, and then a heavy radar for mission creep, which I think is what you kind of alluded to, right? Like sure. if there is deviation going on, the one is going to have a really good radar for that. Um, and I've had conversations with Tyler where he's just come and asked me questions like, hmm, is this on point with what we're trying, like, because that's who I was thinking of. Like, is this on point with what we're trying to accomplish? So he wants to, under, you want to understand, yeah. like, what the the rules are, what what's going on, what's right and wrong for the organization. Yeah. So that way you can take those in. Yeah, 100%. But also, like, it goes more, it goes beyond the boundaries of rules, too. Because it's like, sure. so we're doing summer Sundays. And there's been some days where I'm like, are, by doing this thing, are we walking, like, are we missing? Mm-hmm. like what our goal is oh, by, sure. by doing that yep. and it's like we we were trying to accomplish this and by doing this thing instead it's it's drawing people away from that goal and so just again like that that's part of the critical eye that the that the one brings where it can be good where it's like hey we're we're getting away from what we believe sure. in so let how do we steer ourselves back yep. yeah and if and depending so if if the work culture is healthy they'll be able to hear a one yeah. Um, if the work, work culture is unhealthy, there's, I think, a, probably a really good chance for like high, like high defensiveness, yep. protectionism, because um, I'm not going to want to show my cards to, I'm not going to want to show my cards to you, right? Because yeah. I'll, I'll see you as a threat that's going to like, 
uncover and like air air the laundry of of my defector or or whatever um and so i think that's why well earlier like earlier this year i had our i (laughs) i had our whole team uh participate and do do a enneagram assessment um and in typical fashion i'm not going to out anybody on the show (laughs) come on but but in typical fashion like there's there's always I, I laugh because there's always there's one particular group which we'll get to this number eventually. I think I mentioned it maybe on the episode with Megan, but there's always one group that immediately one particular personality type that immediately goes what they even question the assessment, right? Like, right. like and like and it's a personality type that tends to be like don't tell me how I am. Like that's you 100%. can't name me in this box. You yeah, exa- this box. exactly right. And those are my those are my eights. Which on our staff I have a lot of I have I have some other ones. And I have some other eights and that makes for a really, what's really great about it is it's a, it's a very driven dynamic. These are people that sure. do not need a fire lit and lit underneath of them, which is great because I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's like, that's, <laughs> that's not, you know, being the fire starter is like not my thing. Um, but at the same, at the same time, there is a, um, yeah, they're, they're just, there can be a real uh just a real benefit from the whole team knowing where everyone is coming from and being able to identify like here's how we can work together toward health but but by the way with all the positives come these other potential uh pitfalls where we misunderstand each other where we hear each other wrong or where where like our our shadow sides come out a little bit and uh if you can have those conversations ahead of time which is ultimately my goal and that we don't get surprised by each other and kind of how we operate. Um, yeah, a lot of good things can come out of that. And we, you know, it's our, our coworker. So as Tyler's our middle school pastor, Dustin's our, uh, Dustin's our high school pastor. And Dustin is like myself, he's a two. And I have to, oh my gosh, there's just so many ways that I just have to giggle. And then I have to think of myself, like when I see Dustin doing his thing um, and interacting with Tyler within our youth ministry department, like I have to giggle at myself a lot because it's like when <laughs> when I see Dustin interacting with Tyler, I sometimes ask myself the question, is that how nah. is that how I'm being like I'm being like all nice, like all nice about things all the time. And it's like sometimes like, no, no, there's this is uh, we we need to take off the kid gloves here and get down to business and uh, and and do it, you know, and do it the way, the way we should. Um, and it's not to say that there isn't a place for working together and compassion and all of that. But when you begin to see each other, not that we're labeling people hard and heavy with these things, but when you begin to see and understand other people, the things that you see in yourself too, I think if you're open to it, it can be really, really, uh, really, really helpful. So, so I'm curious how you work obviously with other ones. Joel had mentioned that you have sure. other ones. How does that work in your work relationship with them? Do you find it hard to get along with other ones? Because you both have to kind of, you have this contradicting, like, sure, what's right and what's wrong. You may think something's right. So how does that work for 100%. you in, in a work setting? Yeah. So yeah, the, the I think there's only one other one. I think that's on right. Staff. We have two ones. We have two eights. Two ones, two eights. Can I mention who our other one is? Sure. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. so the other one, she it's Tina. She's our finance okay. uh, lady. Yeah. She's kind of office manager. Office manager. Yeah. And like majority of the time, her and I like get along. Like I feel like you do see eye to eye. Hundred percent. Like yeah. They, and I think because you, I think when you guys come to the table with each other, 
you both understand the importance of like if you're if you guys are talking about something you sure. both recognize it as as vitally important sure yeah but but there are a couple things that like have come across that like <laughs> yeah. i'm sure we have annoyed each other very much like with our conversation like i wanted an ice machine for the youth room <laughs> because i knew oh, we were right. going to do youth events this is a great example i'm looking at it from the logistics of like how much ice are we really going to buy sure, throughout yeah. the year it's probably going to be good to invest in the long term in an ice machine finance wise and she was not having it. She was like, <laughs> she was thinking about big picture finances. And I was like, I was like, you're not getting it. Like, we're going to need this. Like other, it's not just that I'm going to use the ice machine. Everyone will use the ice machine. And like, if we do meals, like then there's ice for the it, yeah. pitchers. If we do like camping trips, there will be like stuff for the camping trips, like all this stuff. And it was just like, no, we don't need that. <laughs> and she was, and I was like, I was so frustrated for like a day about it. And like, that's, that's where like the, the budding of heads of ones, it's not necessarily that like one person is right or one person is wrong. It's just that there's this perspective where one person sees the right of their perspective and the other person sees the right of their perspective. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, if there's, but you, as you said earlier, if there's trust yeah. in the relationship dynamic, yeah. you can work through it. Yeah. If there is, um, and to, and to like. That's one story yeah, out of sure, like yeah. the almost year that I've worked here. Mm -hmm. And the, I probably can't pick out a single other time that her and I have ever disagreed. On and something. I like, and I like that the worst case scenario was over a nice machine. That tells, me, that tells me that we're winning. Uh, we're, we're doing, we're doing okay. But yeah, yeah it's, um, it's, it's interesting. Um, again, as a tool, when you do encounter conflict to be able to, it gives you some handlebars to be able to navigate it a little bit better. I think mm -hmm. to, to, and to know like, Okay, here are the possible ways in which this other person that I'm trying to work through something with, um, here's the possible ways that they're hearing me right now. Sure. And so I would just want to be, I just want to be aware of that. Yeah. So Joel, yeah. I, I, I'm interested to see if any of our listeners have any feedback. Uh, you know, if you're listening to this as a podcast later on, you can call our voicemail number and that number is 574-213-8702. 574-213-8702 is our voicemail number. We'd love to hear from you. It's not going to ring Joel or I in the middle of the night, but we would love to hear what your experience with ones are. If you are a one, tell us what, how you are. Yeah, uh, is, what, is this hitting home with you if you're a one? Tell us like, what's wrong. Just tell us what's wrong. <laughs> if, they, if they remind you of Monica from Friends, they're probably a probably one. one. Probably Let's one. Let's see. Has, I'm sure that, you know what? Like, uh, I would like to see, because I'm sure it exists, uh, the famous sitcoms, uh, what their enneagrams are la label, label, label the people. I'm sure they're they are. That's, that's, that could be interesting. The ones are usually the people that I care for the least. <laughs> I will say. Yeah. Like, really gets under, like really An gets Angela under. from the office. Really oh, that. Yeah. I can't stand that. That makes me so <laughs> upset. What she, what she, uh, was she in like accounts payable or something? What something did, like that. It was like one Accountant, of the, yeah. It was like one of the account things because Stanley because Stanley does the was in accounting too, which is a whole other other ball of wax. So Andy, I was trying to look through if there's any other questions that I was going to ask that I was going to ask Tyler that we haven't that we haven't hit done the heavy hitting on. I can't think of any that I is there anything that you would like to tell us that maybe we missed as far as about you know questions that you're yeah about being a one. I think well I think one of the things going back to the topic of the workplace is that one of the things that ones value the most is criticism and it's mm. and like 
So if you have an interaction with a one and you don't like what they're saying or you don't like what they've done, like think carefully about the criticism that you give them because they will take it to heart. Mm. Like even if it's just like you're just mad and you are like you're so done with like what they're saying or what they've done, like they will hold on to that thing that you said and it will like cut deep. Sure. But like at the same time, like if a one asks you for criticism, it's one of the most intimate things that they can sure. do. Like I remember I had a soccer coach in high school and like just trusted him with everything. And I remember the, probably the, the thing I remember the most is the practice where I stayed after and I asked him how I could improve mm. because like, I was like, I, I trust this guy to tell me what's real and what's true. And like, he's going to do it in a loving way. And then the other thing I'll say is like, if you have a one that you work with, ask them if they see anything that can be improved. You might not feel comfortable with how direct they can be, but usually they but tell you the truth. They will tell you the yeah. truth and they will, they will see something that they will be able to point out and be like that, that is where you need to work yeah. on. Yeah. So. I, and I know for like, I know for me personally, when, when it's not on a, it's not like on a super frequent occasion, but when Tyler brings things to me, like things that he notices, and these are things that might be within student ministry or outside of student ministry. Um, I think one of the things is I have a high degree of confidence that it's not like a, um, he has thought about it very, very intentionally. You know, it's not flippant. Yeah, it's not flippant or it's not just off the cuff or or whatever, like some close attention has been has been paid to it. And uh, that quite honestly, from a like a quote unquote managerial side saves me a lot of mm. time because it I don't I don't have to go through the process of like, mm, OK, on a scale of one to five, like how serious is this or whatever? It's like, no, if he chances are. If he, if, a, if he or someone of his particular personality is taking the time to say, I see this thing and I have these concerns about it, it probably is, um, it's yeah, probably something that, that you need legit. to pay attention it's to. It's probably yeah. legit. And yeah. so, um, those are, those are things to consider all you managers and leaders of people out there, uh, to be thinking about, um, that because and I'm I, I'm grateful that I'm not in this this scenario, but I know a lot of people that are in management are where it's like like the uh, the suggestion box is constantly full, yeah. you know. Oh yeah. And there's constantly like from every every corner of wherever, constantly people giving input on way the the way they think they it thinks the way they think things should be. Um, and uh, and you know most of it's trash. Most of just mm. pure trash, and uh, it's uh, not it's not well thought out. Whatever, but that's something uh, that fires me up. Hearing people's criticisms that I think are trash criticism. Oh, <laughs> like it's almost like a game. Yeah, it's like it's like do if you're gonna bring a criticism to the table, my bring guy, a real one. Bring your A game. Let's uh, no like, wimpy criticisms. It's like it's like you know a high school quarterback trying to coach. Like Tom Brady, like, oh yeah. yeah, your spiral is not as tight as it could be. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, Joel, I think it's become that time of night. That if time. Uh, yeah. So it, yeah, that time of night is going to come quickly here. Now it's time for Dudes and Dads Pop Quiz. Thank you, Aaron All James. Right. So Pop Quiz, if you've never joined us, it's just a random time that we ask some random questions that seem to not be so random lately. Yeah, I don't. Is it like I look at that and I go, "There's a lot of cards there," and I know Why we, we always get the same I know one. We shuffle them. We always seem to get the same. We need question. to get another. We because there's a second deck. There's several decks. There's several decks. We need to get. We're gonna get more decks. Hold on, one more time. I'm gonna shuffle through this. Decks on decks on decks. Decks. Yep. 
There we go. It's a good All sound right. effect too. It really, I like that. <laughs> All right. I will uh, okay. ask the first one here. So, Tyler. Yes. When you die, what do you want to be remembered for? Ooh. This one. Oh. What do I want to be remembered for? I mean, probably one of the biggest things is, is being a loyal, loyal friend, loyal follower of Christ. Loyalty is huge to me. There's that number one coming out. Number yeah. one, that's, I love it. But see, but you see how it's like, yeah, yeah. Like it, it's got a purpose behind it. Uh, Tyler, next question. What's the worst job you've ever had? Oh, worst job I've ever, I mean, okay. So there's two things that come to mind. The first one, it's going to sound like it's pretty obvious, but I hated this first job. I used to wash ditch, dishes for a diner and like it was, I don't like wet pruny hands, constant wet pruny oh, hands. Oh man. Awful. <laughs> Did not like that job. But I've also worked construction on water and wastewater plants. See, so everything oh, you I've, flush, yeah. I've worked around oh. it. And <laughs> so like that worst. was not fun exactly. No, no. But most of the time I didn't have wet pruny hands. So <laughs> most that's, of the time. That's good. There's an upside. What's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Oh, yeah. Um, this This goes with being a one, but like. Don't get all bent out of sorts about the little things. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of going along with getting those criticisms. Like you can't let that, you can't let that get to you right. all the time. You gotta, you gotta be able to keep walking. Yeah. Tyler, who are your heroes in real life? Real life heroes. Real life heroes. Jesus. Yeah, okay. 100%. Great. I should have, I should I should have not, that not included Michael Jesus. Scott. Michael <laughs> Scott. Yeah. Not Angela from the office. Not Angela. Specifically the Michael where he's dressed up as Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what a great episode. <laughs> my, my last one. Which words or phrases do you, do you use most? Or sorry, do you most overuse? Oh my goodness. My students could tell you. We should bring Josiah uh, in. What? Um, hmm. Let's see. Words. Do I, oh. What? You, there was a phrase that you were hot and heavy on for a while, and now I'm going. That tracks. That you. That, that tracks. tracks. That, yeah, tracks. That, that tracks. That tracks. I was, say that a lot. Was yeah. super heavy. Yeah. Well, but it does. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, if you had to teach a class on one thing, what would you teach? The fastest way to tie your shoes. Oh. Oh. Yeah. There, you, there's a fast way. If the there, show is there's a really fast. There's, oh yeah, I'll show you yeah, the, fast way. the fastest way. I, so I know how to solve a Rubik's cube. That was choice oh, number two. That's the thing. That's you know what? So yeah, I got real into how fast can I do certain things because I I speed solve Rubik's cubes. Nice. And so like I was obsessed with what's the fastest way to do different things. I found the fastest way to tie your shoes. It's incredible. Wow. Okay. Well, save you so much time. You know what? That's going to be extra. That's going to be extra content right there for the social media. How to watching, watching Tyler? We should. We should. Yeah. I'm going. Because I should say Tyler is super down with the Rubik's cube. It is. Uh, it's become kind of a. Shall we say a trade, an, an office trademark? Oh, interesting. If you, if you will. But uh, hey, Tyler, congratulations! You have passed the dudes and dads pop quiz. Thank Thanks you. for so much for hanging out with yes, us tonight. It's been excellent. Lots of fun. Good. Good, good. Hey, as always, friends, you can uh, send your remarks, your harsh P rebukes. Pithy comments. Your pithy comments 
uh, or your not so critical feedback uh, if you're a type one <laughs> to, <laughs> to po- dudes and dads podcast at gmail.com would love to hear from you over there or again our voicemail number 574-213-8702 574-213-8702 we'd love to hear from you hey you can also head over to dudes and dads podcast.com it's got all the good stuff over there show notes uh ridiculous easy ways to find us and our guests all the good information so go over to dudes and dads podcast.com and check it out and until next time friends we wish you grace and peace head over to facebook now and hit the like button podcasts are cool